Hey everybody, thank you for joining us for today's episode of Real Estate Disruptors. Today we have Pace Morby, the king of closers. A little bit of a quiet assassin, I don't think a lot of people know about him, and we're going to change that today. And he's here to share how he buys and wholesales 10 houses a month. If this is your first time tuning in, I'm Steve Trang, broker owner of Stunning Homes Realty, founder of the Offer Fast Homes app, the only app you'll need for wholesaling, and I'm on a mission to create 100 millionaires. Uh, so if you're interested in that, please let's connect on Instagram. If you're excited for today's show, please give me a wave, give me a thumbs up, and don't forget, I don't charge a dime for this show. I don't make any money doing this. So here's all I ask. This is what it costs for you to listen to this show. If you get value today, please tell a friend. Either share this episode right now, tag a friend below, or tell them your best takeaway from the show later on. That way we can all grow together. Uh, and then uh, this is a live Q&A, so if you've got questions for Pace, please do ask. You ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. All right. And I, you know, I got to ask you this question because there's a lot of players in town. We are, yeah. if we're not the most competitive. We're, we're definitely top three, top five. hundred percent. Yeah. How's your operation different than most of the other guests that we've had on our show? Great question. Cause I, every one of these guys that you've had on their show either are my friends or have become my friends because of your show. Oh, Eric Sage, mm -hmm. you had him on the show and I'm like, I got to call that guy. We got to go play golf. We got to become buddies. And mm -hmm. I spent a good two or three weeks with Eric Sage after the interview. And that's brilliant. Dude, he's amazing. Yeah. Um, I, I'd say the biggest difference between the majority of the guys you ha you've had are that these guys have built really big operations. Mm -hmm. I've done that, right? I've done $15 million um, revenue companies, and I've built big teams of 150-plus people working for me and paychecks and payrolls a quarter million dollars every two weeks. I've done that. I've been there. So I would say I'm much smaller. And I've taken bits and pieces of each one of these guys' businesses and added it to mine and mm -hmm. said, how do I keep it small, nimble? So it's essentially me and two other people. That's it. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So um, lead source then. I mean, I think that's one of the biggest differences. Oh, lead source is huge. So home investors, right? So I'm, I'm a home investor franchise. Mm -hmm. There's 20 of us here in Phoenix. And um, the lead source is amazing, right? right? where most wholesalers are sitting in their office and working extra hours saying, did my $5,000 garner me enough to reinvest that 5,000 and so on and so on. Mm -hmm. Home investors, hands down, you put in $10,000, you're getting 4X return. Yeah, It's hands down, the lead quality is amazing. Right. The company has it all put together, it's amazing. So originally, now I'm, now I'm part of some committees and I'm part of decision-making as, as far as where the money gets spent. Mm -hmm. But originally my first year, I just said, they just said, hey, send the check here calls are going to come in. Right. So their main lead source, I'd say, is mail, billboard, TV, radio, stuff like the traditional stuff. Right. right. And I, I've shared this with you. So for, you know, for you guys listening, like one of my very few regrets was not signing up for home investors back in the day because I met with uh, Clint. Yep. Great. He's my DA. He's an amazing guy. I love so him. when there was only two, it was only Clint and Ludlow. Oh, my gosh. Both I would have been number guys. three. You know, that would have made a huge difference in my life. But like you, I saw an opportunity. It's like this isn't it. That's so why did, why did you think that wait. at the time? Uh, from that time, I was already doing deals, right? That's right. We had that conversation. Yes, yeah, so I was already doing deals. Like at that time, it was only me and Sean Terry on pay-per-click. That was it. There was oh nobody else on pay-per-click. The days, there, huh? Right. Man, those days were awesome. So today is a little bit different. Today, we got to hustle for those deals. Because back then, because the way it works is that if you're already doing existing deals, mm -hmm. you join Homevestors and you then have to pay a royalty on all the deals that you're already. So if you have, a let's say, a, a referral source from an agent, 
and they keep sending you deals and you're wholesaling those, once you become a wholesale or a, a home investor, you have to pay royalties on those yeah. deals. Right. Yeah, I, I yeah. totally get that. So yeah. that was the reason why I, I didn't go uh, into it, but I, you, you know, you I know really you- really do regret it? Oh, I definitely. Because you, know, you want to see me now. more often? You'd be in all the meetings, you'd see me every single day. I wouldn't necessarily want to see you, but the other guys <laughs> in there are pretty cool. Um, so, you know, for you guys that are listening, if you're in an area where Homebusters is an option, I would highly recommend it if it was an option. Um, yeah, we're sold out here in Phoenix. And th- yeah. that's the challenge with Phoenix market is that they, when they do become available, they sell for the price of a Aston Martin. I mean, mm-hmm. because they're worth it. And honestly, if you came to me right now and you said, I'll sell, I'll buy your business for a million dollars, I'd say no. Right. It's that valuable to me. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, do you do, uh, anything else or is it predominantly homebusters? Um, in terms of revenue source or mm-hmm. in terms of marketing in yeah. the wholesale world? Uh, as far as uh, procuring wholesale business? Yes, I do. And you and I have talked about this. Mm-hmm. It's the most brilliant thing I've ever done in my life. And it has to do with probate, Yeah. right? Um, I've talked to you about my plan probably six months ago. And so as a homebuster, the challenge is that we cannot compete the, against the other nine, 19 guys. There's 20 of us, I'm mm-hmm. one of 20. I can't compete against them, right? It'd be like you and Max advertising, sending out all these mailers, right? and then Max cold calling those people on the mailers <laughs> without you, right? Right. So we have rules and regulations in place that protect the group because we advertise together, we make decisions together, which is awesome. It's a mm-hmm. brotherhood, right? And so, no, I don't do anything that would challenge that. But what I do is we call it, we have these things called dig leads, right? So things that we dig up on our own. So a good dig lead would be me having a relationship with a probate attorney that says, hey, I have a client in a situation, I have to present them options and whatever. What I quickly found with that, and we can talk more about that if anybody has any questions, Mm -hmm. what I quickly found about probate attorneys is that they've been hit up so many times by wholesalers that if you say, oh, I'm a real estate investor and I wanna buy your client's deals, they're like, screw you, dude, get out of here. So what I did is based on my construction background and building a company, it was value, value, value. How do I go to these probate attorneys and say, I am not a wholesale guy, I'm not a real estate investor, but if these other 17 things I provide don't work, I'd be happy to buy the house. Mm-hmm. Completely different tactic than going to them and trying to be a real estate investor. Yeah, They won't even listen to you. So that's a big part of what I do. I try mm-hmm. and meet with two probate attorneys every single week. Wow, Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. Um, and you're a little, uh, you have a, a mercenary role too. Right. I do. I do have a mercenary role. So um, thanks for bringing that up. Um, I'd say I'm probably top two or top three closers in our state in terms mm-hmm. of the homebusters. So um, and that means I'm probably top 20 of the maybe not top 20, maybe top 30 or 40 in the country for mm-hmm. all thousand franchisees. So I'm in right. the top two or three percent. Um, I didn't know that until maybe six or seven months ago. And people started calling me and saying, hey, what are you doing? I go, I, I don't know. And then when I started, what happened is people started calling me and saying, hey, my close ratio is let's make up a number 5% of my leads gets closed. Mm. Your 15, 16, 17% of your leads get closed. What are you doing? I go, I don't know. Let's go on appointments together. You can see what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I'm an open book. Let's, let's roll, right? And then I quickly found that I was helping guys triple their revenue by me being in their appointments. Nothing else changed other than me being in the appointment. So now I have probably five guys that call me consistently and say, mm-hmm. I've got an appointment, I need you there. Yeah. And so I, I'll 
probably close five to 10 deals a month just for those guys. Which is crazy. Yeah. So I think this is something that, you know, I, I've, been, I've been preaching, you know, Pace is the king of closers. So how did you f get to become, you know, the king of closers? Um, I hope you don't mind me talking because I'm a, I'm a Go chatterbox. For it. Go for it. Um, so, you know, you told me a while ago that you had, took a personality test. Mm -hmm. And I heard one of your podcasts, you said, I learned that I love creating businesses. Like that's your, the exciting thing for you is like mm -hmm. creating and then going and creating another one. Like right. that's the thing you love. Yeah. So I took a personality test and I learned that there's the disc profile, right? Mm -hmm. What that Keller Williams does. Essentially home investors, they do it more along with the colors. And I don't know if there's a specific name for this. Yeah. But home investors is red, green, blue, yellow. Okay. And I'll tell you a quick story about what those four colors yeah. mean and how I, and I'll let you guess which color you think I am. Okay. Mm -hmm. So there's four wives, four husbands, one husband's red, others, blue, yellow, green. Okay. Each wife says the exact same thing. Go to the grocery store, get me a gallon of milk, come back. Each one of those different personalities is going to handle that completely different, right? right? So you've got the guy who's green, and I think you've got a lot of green in you. Um, actually, I think you corrected me on this the other day, but I think you've got a lot of green in you. The guy who's green is going to the uh, milk department, and he's standing in front of the glass. Mm -hmm. And what he's doing is he's saying, okay, what's the least expensive and which one has the longest expiration date? And they'll actually take the time and be strategic, and mm -hmm. they're organized, right? The guy that's blue is standing back there saying, all right, how, I like the way the handle is shaped. I like the color and the logo, Shamrock Farms. That's, it's blue, the color of trust, that's the one I want. Okay. Right, they're more artsy, feely type of personality. Mm -hmm. The guy that's red basically runs up behind the guy who's green and the guy that's blue and is like, get the hell out of my way. And he grabs the first <laughs> gallon. Grabs the first gallon he gets hands on and right. he's out the door. Yeah. He, he's, he's like, I was told to go get a, a gallon of milk and come back. That's mm -hmm. my job. Boom. Right? Mm -hmm. The yellow guy never passes the greeter. <laughs> Why? Because he's so damn busy talking to that person about right. everything. The greeter says, how's your day, sir? Oh my gosh, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> Let me tell you everything about me. Right. Right. It's like, and the greeter's like, oh, I'm glad I'm getting paid. Like, shut up. Oh my gosh. <laughs> So what, what colors do you think you are? Well, you I'd have be, a predominant. Typically people have two or three colors. You yeah. have a dominant and then you have a secondary. What do you think is your dominant? So part of me is the price and expiration. The green. And part of me has got the hell out of my way. Red. There yeah. you, and then you're a business owner, right? Yeah. So the red is the business owner. Get mm -hmm. crap done. Right. Right. I'm predominantly red. I think you're probably more red. And then I'm yellow. Oh, you're definitely yellow. I'm yellow, dude. Like, put me in a room. We'll talk all day long. All right. You I know everybody. Know, I, want to, I, want, I want to know everybody. Mm -hmm. And in my world, there's two forms of income. There's financial income and there's emotional income. Mm -hmm. And the emotional income I receive from having friends and people I love is almost as important to me as the financial income. Yeah. And there's other guys that are pure red. They're like, I don't care if anybody likes me. Mm -hmm. I don't care how many friends I have. I care how much money I make. Right. And that's not how I am. I care more about, I want to be friends with that greeter at Walmart. I truly care about him. Yeah. So how that ties into closing deals. This deal, I, I put it on my Instagram this morning, my Instagram story. I go to this appointment. This is crazy. Listen to this story. 
So I get a call. This yeah. happens this morning. I get a call from somebody wanting to buy a house, not a house I own, but a house another wholesaler owns. But he's calling me and saying, hey, will you verify um, the value of this? And will you meet me over there because you've been in construction so long? I want to know that this wholesaler is telling me it's 20 grand. I need to know it's 20 grand or else I'm going to lose money. Mm -hmm. I go, yeah, dude, all day long. And by the way, if there's anybody out there that needs me to do that, I did it for Jerry Norton. I've done it for a handful of other people that have been on your podcast. Yeah. I'm happy to help anybody that, that needs it. Um, Brian Applis, like him and his partner have probably taken up, and I don't mean that negatively, they've probably taken a good 40 to 50 hours of my time between November and December. Oh, wow, really? Free. Yeah. Dude, I will, they're the greeter. How's your day? Show me something. Yeah. I will talk to you all day long and I will help, help, help. Mm -hmm. I want to become your friend. I want to know what you're doing and how I can help, right? Yep. So I go to this appointment. I go, yeah, I've got a, I got a couple hours. I'm happy to help you out. Let's go do it. So I, I go, I'm 20 minutes early. And guess what? I'm buying the next door neighbor's house now. This is what happens. I pull up and I see this guy working in his yard. I get to talking to him. He starts talking about this invention. And he goes, what are you doing here? And I go, I'm, I'm showing somebody this house that might be buying it and tell him five seconds of my history. And he starts talking about his little invention and this, that, and the other. And he says, what would you give me for my house? I go, I don't know. To be honest, it's probably, you know, 85 grand. He goes, yeah, you know, I wouldn't even sell it for 200 grand. And within 45 minutes of sitting there and building rapport, we're buying the house at $85,000. I didn't know the guy. Yeah. But because I'm talking to him and I look at my Instagram story, the dude's showing me a crane that he built out of by his hands. Mm -hmm. And now we're me and John are friends. Mm -hmm. His dog Blackie and I are, are like, you know, friendly and all this stuff. And he's just like, wow, you're dude. Oh, my gosh. If you sell if you buy my house at 85, will you help me buy another one? And I did all that because I showed up early. I started talking to the guy as if he was the greeter at Walmart. Mm -hmm. Hey, dude, how's your day? Let's talk. And so I just that's all it comes down to. So I think um, one of the things that I'm uh, incredibly grateful for is that you invited me into this whole other world uh, of Sandler. You've improved it as well. You've been awesome. So, do you, uh, you know, I don't need to thank you, but yeah. So, um, you know, I was like, hey, you know, knowing that you're a home investor guy, I was like, you know, how can I get more deals from you? He's like, I don't know, but there's some other, there's this place where all these other home investor guys hang out. I was like, what? Where's that at? Oh, yeah. Right. I've told other guys about it too. Like, yeah. I, I won't say their names because mm -hmm. they did decide not to do it. Mm -hmm. You took action right away. Yeah. And you bought two deals. Right. Probably your first week. Yeah. From other homebuster guys. Absolutely. Dude, it was amazing. And the yeah. other the other guys made so much money. They were like calling me and saying, "Dude, Steve's the best." Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's money to be made. I'll I'll find a way to get it to, ha to happen. Right. Of course. Uh. So, but the ancillary benefit was I got to meet Brad who's our coach. Yeah. Who, if you guys have been, you know, paying attention or watching some of my stuff, know that he's, he's my, he's my sales coach. So what are your thoughts on Sandler? Honestly, um, everything that we learn in life seems to be common sense, mm -hmm. but somebody has the ability to package it properly where it actually penetrates the brain. Mm -hmm. Brad has this uncanny ability. And again, we talked about this off the air. Yeah. I would never take Brad on a buy appointment with me. Mm -hmm because he's crazy. And I, I don't even act this way on a buy appointment, right? Yeah. I, you morph and you change, but I wouldn't take Brad, like he's crazy. Yeah. But his ability to take common sense principles, package them in a way where you go, wow, not only does that make sense, but I can now apply that because yep. you package it properly. Mm -hmm. He's unbelievable. Yeah. 
And it's so many golden nuggets that I have had to limit myself every Friday. I take one three by five card and I say, I'm, dude, I'm only taking one thing from this. Yeah. Because if I try and take too much, and that's essentially it, take that one thing and immediately the first appointment I, I go to, I go, I'm going to literally practice this one line I learned mm -hmm. 25 times. And then when I go into the appointment, I, I have it down. I'm natural. Yeah. And whether I'm buying that house or not, I'm practicing that line on that seller. Right. Dude, it's, it's hands down one of the best things I've ever done. So, um, you know, one thing I wanted to do was just kind of play a little bit of, uh, I guess, role play. Yeah. Right. I mean, let's. I mean, we're not married, but sure, let's do it. <laughs> well, <laughs> got the gear outside. Uh, so let's go. Right. You know, your um, appointments booked. I called you, called you on your billboard or whatever. Yep. You know, you're coming over to the house to look at my house. Yeah. Right. So from the moment I opened the door until, I don't know, 45 60 minutes later, walk me through that. When, what are those conversations like? Well, um, I'll, I'll answer that question, but you know me, I got to talk before I answer a question. So, sure, sure. um, the most important part of my organization is my intake gal, mm -hmm. my gorgeous, hot wife. So she answers all the calls. She follows up with the sellers and she sets the appointments for me. Mm -hmm. I did it my first year, right? I had two phones. I had my bat phone, my money phone, mm -hmm. like, a phone call comes in, I'm in the movie theater. I do not turn that ringer off, dude. Like that phone call rings, it's a lead, right? So you're sitting in the seat closest to the exit. Oh, exactly. And I'm like holding the phone <laughs> as quiet as I possibly can, right? In fact, when we gave, when my wife gave birth to our daughter a couple months ago, I, the phone stayed on. Like that is what feeds our family. That mm -hmm. is super important, right? So I would, I would have, we luckily didn't get calls at two o'clock in the morning when mm -hmm. my wife was giving birth, but I would have answered that phone. Yeah. No ifs, ands, or buts. But I did it my first year while I was running a $15 million construction company. Mm -hmm. And we bought 50 plus houses or somewhere around there. Mm -hmm. I transferred it to my wife and the success rate like went through the roof. Our, our appointments went better. My wife has this crazy good ability. She's learned some things from Sandler's bill as well to make sure that I have a pretty clear objective once I go to the house. Hey, they've already talked to Open Door. They've already talked to OfferPad. They've already talked to... Evo, I, I get, I don't know what it is, but like I'll go through a, a month where it's like every appointment I'm going to, Evo's my competitor. Really? Yeah, it's great. I love it. <laughs> and um, so she'll know like, hey, Evo's the competitor on this and yada, yada, yada. I'm like, perfect, cool. So I'm going in with information. I'm not totally disarmed, right? Mm -hmm. I have some ammunition. So anybody that's not doing that properly, you're missing the boat, right? Mm -hmm. So I go into the appointment, first thing I do, first thing I say, um, and I'm observant. I'm observing things like um, I closed a deal where half the conversation was about this lady's tattoo down her chest and all the way down her butt. That's what we talked about. Mm -hmm. Didn't even talk about the house because I made a reference like, oh, who did your tattoo over here? And it was like, you're the coolest guy. You mentioned this and yada, yada. Yep. I'm observant. But the first question I ask is, why am I here? How can That's I the first you? question. Why am That's I the here? Yeah. Because Brad told me to say that. I've never said I that. I say, tell me, tell, me, tell me why you called me out here today. Mm -hmm. How can I help? And then you throw it back, you shut up, right? It's that whole thing, shut up, stupid. Hard thing for a yellow personality to do, but yeah. I fought it and I, and again, because I'm yellow, I truly do care about mm -hmm. the other person. It's not just a tactic, I truly care. So I have the ability to shut up and listen. So I shut up and listen and they tell me the story. And there's this Japanese proverb, uh, I'm gonna say this incorrectly, but basically it talks about the three faces we all have. Mm -hmm. Face one is what we show our colleagues and 
people we're doing business with. Phase two is who we, you know, our fan, friends, family, loved ones, maybe our wife, whatever. And then the third phase is who you really are that nobody else sees. So I'm trying to get past phase one to phase two. Mm -hmm. I want you to know that I'm trusted, I'm your friend, and I'm here to truly, truly help you. And if I can't help you, I'm walking away. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and that's a big part of it. So I wait for them to tell me, why am I here? So typical thing that I hear is, well, you know, I'm not really selling, you know, I'm kicking tires and yada, yada, yada. Okay. Well, you know, you took the, you took the time to call us. Mm -hmm. And if you, um, you know, you remember the conversation with Laura, this is what we do. I'm here to buy a house. If that's not the situation that you're looking for, let me know right now. No problem. And then, oh, no, no, no. Right. You want to pull away a little bit. Right. Strip line. Strip line. Right. And uh, Brad calls it staying behind the pendulum mm -hmm. or stripping line. He says the same thing. Yeah. And uh, then I talk about the upfront contract. Most important part of the entire appointment, besides getting to know them and observing a couple of things. Right. Mm -hmm. um, actually, I'm closing escrow today uh, with uh, Chris Iman and I are on a deal together. And I never even saw the house. I saw in the, I, I, I walked in the house. We started talking about a parakeet and billiards. I signed the contract right there at the table. And she goes, don't you want to see the house? I go, sure. It's not about the house. Right. It never is about the house. It's about that person and their situation. And I could go into like how I structured the deal mm -hmm. and you'd go, holy crap, that was really smart. But I never had to go see the house. Cause right. we know, yeah. we know the value of the house before we go in there and mm -hmm. we know the year and how much kind of it needs in remodel, Kentucky windage, right? So um, I then do an upfront contract. And I said, look, this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna talk about your situation, see what I can help. If I can't help you, no problem. Um, and then we're gonna talk about numbers and we're gonna try and make a deal. If for some reason that doesn't work for you, I want you to know that I, I've got other appointments to go to. I don't want you to feel like I'm here and you're wasting my time if I don't buy the house. If I don't buy the house, please tell me I'm not going to buy the house. Just tell me flat out. I don't want to call you tomorrow. I don't want to knock on the door tomorrow. I don't want to pester you. Mm -hmm. I appreciate you and I appreciate your time, right? In different words a little bit. Right, right. One of two things is going to happen. Either A, we're going to work out a deal or mm -hmm. B, I'm going to tell you, hey, this might not work for us. This is a house that we won't buy. Or you're going to tell me this won't work for you and you're not interested in selling. Does that sound okay for, with you? Yes. Right? Boom. Okay, great. So I'd say the biggest challenge for people, when I'm in other people appointment, mm -hmm. I have a really hard time not taking control of the whole appointment. It's like T minus three minutes and I'm taking over the whole appointment. But the toughest thing for other people, other wholesalers that are going in and trying to close a the deal, their toughest thing is trying to figure out what does this person want to sell their house for? Mm -hmm. Right. So dude, I, I skipped no time. Okay, great. So, um, about how much are you trying to look for, you know, sell the house for? Oh, I don't know. Really? Okay. So have you ever sold the house, a car on Craigslist? Yeah. Okay. Does it make sense to put a car on Craigslist, but not have a price attached to it and just say make offers? Well, not really. I go, then why is it any different with a house? I might not be able to pay you that $5,000 mm -hmm. for that Toyota Prius you're trying to sell, but I at least know where we're, we're working. If you say I want $25,000 for the Prius, I'm walking out the door right now yeah. and we're not going to waste any more time. At least let's get a gauge of where you're hoping to be. 
And I tell people a lot of times with the magic wand, pull out your magic wand, wave it around. What's your perfect scenario? Tell me, is it, I pay your moving expenses? Is it, you want post-possession? They don't know what post-possession mm -hmm. is, but you explain all that. What is it? Tell me. And then I shut up. And honestly, I close, I'd say out of my appointments, my face-to-face -face appointments, my first year I had a really hard time with this. But now I'm confident when I go to an appointment, I'm closing them probably 80% of the time in the house. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people say, I got to check on this. I have a house that I put an offer on. I got to make sure that goes through before I come back to you. And then we'll do a DocuSign. But mm -hmm. most of the time I'm signing right there. Right. I don't want to go back. Yeah. And guess what? They don't want me to go back. So let's do both of each other a favor and just close right now. Let's figure out a deal that works for both of us. So one of the things that um, that you, I've heard you say, which you know, as a realtor, I can't appreciate. I don't appreciate. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I always preface it by saying I'm sorry. <laughs> so, um, you know, Pace, I've got two realtors coming tomorrow, and you know, open door is gonna be enough. Are, are, are I'm waiting for them to come out and look too. Perfect. And you say you love those appointments. I love them. I love them. A year ago, I hated them. Mm -hmm. All my, in fact, I would like find any reason not to go. Mm -hmm. And with how busy I was with construction last year, we had 65 projects on average that we were managing at a time. I just, oh, I, I'm too busy. I can't go to that appointment. Mm -hmm. It's not good enough, right? I miss so many deals. Oh my gosh. So the way I handle it is there's two forms of competition, right? Um, there's the real estate agent, mm -hmm. retail, mm -hmm. right? Which clients think that's what they want. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they do, and that's fine. Then there's the other wholesalers, right? Mm -hmm. Look, here's how I, I hit both of them up. Um, I'll tell you a specific story of a house I sold, Elman. Mm -hmm. Probably one of my favorite one of my favorite people I've ever sold a house to and one of my favorite clients I ever worked for in construction. The dude is amazing. He's in your brokerage. Right. Super positive guy. Unbelievable. Yeah. Right? So I, I sold this house to Elman and Elman's working on the construction right now. I actually texted him yesterday. I was like, hey, you need any help? You need any subcontractors? Mm -hmm. I'll come over there and help paint, like whatever, man. I just want to hang out. Let's do it. Yellow personality. Mm -hmm. I truly love Elman. Right. So I want to hang out with him, whatever. So um, with that house, I go to the appointment and she, this lady says those two things. Her name's Jane. She says, well, we've got two people coming tomorrow that are like you and we have a couple real estate agent friends, right? It's always real estate agent friends. It's mm -hmm. never like, hey, I called somebody from a brokerage and they're randomly coming. It's always somebody they know, right? right? I go, perfect. I'm probably not a buyer for your house, but I love real estate and I love talking real estate. So again, I wear a hat 99% of the time. Sometimes when people see me without a hat, they're like, dude, who are you? <laughs> so I, ha I typically will have a physical hat and I'll take that hat off and I'll say, let me take my buyer hat off. Pretend I'm your grandson, your friend, your boyfriend. I don't care. Let's role play, right? Mm -hmm. I'm only here to give you advice. I'm not a buyer on the house. And they go, what? You're not a buyer? I go, yeah. I mean, I, don't, I just don't want to compete with myself because here's what happens. You're going to go meet with a couple of other wholesalers. I'm going to tell you the numbers. Let's make up a number. And I always make up a number half of what I'm wanting to pay. And I go, it's a made up number. It's just for, you know, the story. Let's say I give you 50 grand. You're going to go to these two people and say, oh, no, I would never do that, says everybody. And they go, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. And I go, so I give you 50 grand. You're going to go to these people and give them 55 or 60. And then guess what? I'm still going to buy the house. 
They go, oh yeah, because you'll come back in the end and offer more money. I go, no, I'm going to buy it from them. I know everybody in town. They're going to send me the address. I'm going to buy the house regardless. So I don't want to compete with myself. I don't want to give you a number if you're just going to go meet with other people. I'm here to buy a house. If we can strike a deal that works for both of us, let's do it. But I don't think that's going to happen. So let me give you some advice mm -hmm. if you are going to go work with those other people. Wholesaler, I'll get back to the real estate thing because I, I, I'm, I'm almost dodging because I feel bad that I do it. <laughs> you should feel bad. So um, <laughs> with the other wholesalers, I say, look, if they're really good buyers and there's a good handful of guys that are true mm -hmm. buyers, Evo is a really good buyer. He mm -hmm. actually closes on deals. I've mm -hmm. seen him on title. The mm -hmm. dude's awesome. The dude's a monster. He's a monster. And there's a whole bunch of other guys that close mm -hmm. escrow too. But there's a lot of guys that don't. Right? right, they're just trying to get the deal, make a quick ten, fifteen thousand dollars, and that's fine. That's the name of wholesale, but they don't have the money to close. So I tell, I tell the seller, here are the three pieces of advice that I would give you. Number one, make sure they do hard, earnest money. No more inspections. They can have people come and go at the house, but the second they put the earnest money in, it's theirs, and no less than ten thousand dollars. And they're like, wow, I can do that, and I explain why it's important. I go into it for two or three minutes. Then I say, make sure they have proof of funds in their name, not some Photoshopped whatever. And then thirdly, if you truly want to make sure that they're buying the house, make sure your contract with them says seller to buyer. And the part where it says or assignee is not attached. They're not allowed to assign the contract. And they go, what's that? And I explain that and they go, oh my gosh. This lady Jane, she's like, oh my gosh. Oh wow, this makes a lot of sense. And guess what I'm doing the whole time? I'm telling her to write it all down. Hey, do you mind writing this down? I, I'm going to leave. We might not see each other again. I just want to make sure that this advice I'm giving you, you've got it down. Mm -hmm. So her, she, she's sitting here writing this all down. I go, okay, now on the real estate side, here's what I do. Especially if they're friends. It's a tricky subject because once you hire a friend, you can't fire them, mm -hmm. right? There's that whole weird thing. I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Real estate agents, no offense to them, my wife's a real estate agent and a lot of my best friends are real estate agents. They're going to tell you what you want to hear. Mm -hmm. They know the, the value of the house is 210, but they're going to tell you it can sell for between 210 and maybe upwards of 230. But if you tell that agent, hey, give me a number that you feel we'd get an offer on in the first 30 days, and if we don't get an offer in the first 30 days, you would be willing to uh, renegotiate renegotiate your commission down to 1%. And they go, oh my gosh, I can do that? I go, yeah. Make them put their money where their mouth is. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I think it's unfair where they come in and they put a listing in the house for 239 because they just wanted to get a six month listing. And they go, oh my gosh, that's great. That's great. That's great. And there's some other little things that I talk about as well, but it puts the real estate agent on, same thing with my wife. Give people honest numbers. Mm -hmm. And then that house I went as far as leaving the house. Doesn't happen that often. Most of the people go, actually this house that I'm closing with Chris Hyman today, the lady says, I trust you. I just want to close right now. And she had an offer from Evo at $10,000 higher than me. Mm -hmm. I bought it $10,000 lower because I built the trust in the report. Sorry, Evo. He, he's gotten <laughs> deals from me that I didn't go out to the house fast right. enough and he's gotten deals. So we've traded off. But um, so I leave. And I go, oh, it's afternoon, it's 3.30. I'm going to run over to the golf course and I'm going to go play three holes real quick, right? And I'll listen to your podcast or other things when I don't have an appointment. I literally drive over to the club and I'm there for 15 minutes. She calls me and she goes, we're ready to sign with you. Come right now. And I go, well, we haven't talked about price. She goes, you'll take care of us. We trust you. She goes, that, 
hands down, we're going, we're going with you. I go, perfect. And we got the deal done probably 10 grand lower than I really originally thought about yeah. giving them. Right. So, um, and we solved the, their problem, right? They needed mm -hmm. money up front. I gave them money up front. There's all sorts of things we figured out, but I just tell people how it is. If you're going to sign with another, another wholesaler, do it. If yeah. they're willing to pay more money, do it, but make sure they have these, th these three things in their contract. Yeah. If you're going to go with a real estate agent, do it. If that works for you, do it. I'm not a buyer for you anyway. So it sounds like you want to kick tires. Mm -hmm. I'm here to buy a house. I have a contract out in the car. I'm here to buy a house. If you're not willing to do it, totally get it. I'm out of here. I'll go to another appointment. But here's some good advice. Right. And I that's why I love competition. So I think this is huge though, right? Like a lot of guys may not know, you know, may not uh, miss it or you guys may miss it just because it's, it's really subtle. Uh -huh. But there's a lot of negative reverse and there's a lot of like, sounds like you don't really want my cash offer. Yeah. Right. There's a lot of like, hey, it's no big deal. Mm hmm and they're selling themselves. They're selling you why you need to buy their house. Yeah. So, so Saturday, this is actually, I'm going to put this on my YouTube channel. It's a kind of the behind the scenes. I, I'm going to start a YouTube channel mm -hmm. specifically just showing people, hey, I got this house. Here's how I value it. Mm -hmm. Here's what the seller said before we went to the appointment. Either did I get the deal or I didn't get the deal. Mm -hmm. And what am I doing with it if I do get the deal? Yeah. Quick 10 minute things once a week, nothing big. Mm -hmm. I'm not selling anything. I don't want to do coaching. I'm not good at that. I would talk people's ears off. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be a great coach, but people ask me questions all the time. How do you do this? So I thought it'd be fun to kind of document it, right? Right. So um, I go to this appointment. I don't speak Spanish, unfortunately. I speak some, but I speak Korean, somewhat of a worthless language here in Arizona, right? Pretty much. So Anna, the other part of my team, and I go out to this appointment. Seller says, hey, I want $260,000. My number's like 150. We're $110,000 off. Mm -hmm. So I just said the same thing. I said, hey, why would I, I go? He says, well, I don't want to give you a number first. I go, come on, man. I told him the Craigslist and the car thing that always gets people. They're like, yeah, that's stupid. Why would I put a car on Craigslist with $0? Like, that doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, why would it be any different with the house? Just tell me where you want to be. We might not be able to get there, but just tell me. We want to be at 260. We've been here 20 years. I just renovated. I just did all this stuff. I have zero pain. The guy has zero pain, literally like no pain. Mm -hmm. How did I get him under contract at 150? Because I said, I'm not a buyer, but let me give you advice. Let me tell you what you can and cannot do. And then he's like, well, why would I sell to anybody else? You're telling me the truth. Right. I go, but you're not listening to me. You probably could get 175, 180 if you just put on the market. I don't want to do that. I trust you. I want to sell it to you for 150. It was two hours. Mm -hmm. That was two hours condensed. But the whole time I'm like, no, I'm not going to buy it. No, I'm not going to buy it. No, I'm not going to buy it. Yeah. And I recorded the whole thing. You'll have to, hear, if anybody listens to it, it's translated English, Spanish, English, Spanish, English, Spanish. That's why it took two hours. Mm -hmm. But at the end you hear him just say, no, I, I trust you guys. You've been so honest from the very beginning. You told me within five minutes, you weren't going to buy the house, but you stuck around. You've been so polite and so nice to my family. I trust you. That's it. It's trust. Right. And quick story. I, I'm not giving you much time to ask questions, but <laughs> that's all right. We get this lead really interesting. We get this lead and this was just a couple of months ago. So I go, um, Hey Anna, you know, set the appointment. Let's go out there. So Anna, who I've trained, build rapport, do all the stuff that my wife does really, really well. We're mm -hmm. trying to train. Anna's been with me. You know, Anna, cause she's mm -hmm. helped you on cons some construction projects. Right. A lot of people know Anna cause she's been, she's a badass. So I'm training her to learn real estate, right? And um, 
I said, set the, the appointment, build the rapport. So we get there and it's super weird. I'm assuming that we have some sort of rapport because Anna's like, oh yeah, we got this rapport. She's really good. The whole time, like I skipped the whole build rapport step and I just jumped right in, which I assume maybe like a beginner wholesaler or a beginner buyer is mm -hmm. doing like, okay, what do you want for the house? It's right. like, whoa, 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 whoa. And I had to get this gut check of, dude, what are you doing? So we leave the appointment, I don't buy the house. And Anna's like, what do you think went wrong? And I go, dude, we had no rapport. And it was set up in a weird way that I, in, if I went back to try and build rapport, it would have been way too obvious. Mm -hmm. So we're going like two days later, it's like a Saturday and Anna and I are going through our leads and my wife is there and we're, we're going through and I go, hey, Sarah, that lady we met with, I go, Anna, we need to get back out in front of her and I need to go first so I can build rapport and see if we can get her to sell. So Anna sets another appointment and I show up, I pull up to the driveway and I see a sticker on the back of this girl's car. This is the stupidest way I got this deal, by the way. Mm -hmm. The sticker on the back of her car is a, is a cl Insane Clown Posse sticker. I don't know if you know who Insane Clown po Posse Terrible is. Terrible crew, but anyway. Amazing band, by the way. One of <laughs> top, the top five bands. Horrible music, but continue. So I go, I go, hey, that's, an, I go, that's a really cool sticker. I go, did you go to the gathering? And unless you, don't, unless you know who Insane Clown Posse is, you mm -hmm. don't know what the gathering is, right? She's mm -hmm. like, oh my gosh, the, you know what the gathering is? I'm not kidding you, we're signing paperwork seven minutes later. Yeah. Rapport, rapport, rapport. It's not about the house. And if you start talking values, you start talking about the stuff, you're, you're dead in the water. Yeah. You skipped five steps. You know this because you're in the same sales training as I am. Right. But you skipped all these steps. You skipped over trust and rapport and, okay, how can I solve your problem? And just jumped right into, why are we here? Let me mm -hmm. buy your house. That's not how this all works. All intellectual. So, again, this is a long way, long about way of how Pace is closing a crap load of houses. Sorry, I'm, I'm a storyteller. I no, apologize. no, 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 it's good. It's uh, about how you're closing a crap load of houses and how your sales training has been instrumental. Huge. So this is basically big, a big uh, advertisement for homebusters and Sandler, but I think that's great. Yeah. Uh, so what um, – so you're not really pulling any data, not really – no, we're not pulling data. I mean, we've, we've so talked you about. Have, you're thinking about hiring an acquisition guy. I'm thinking about hiring an acquisition guy. Um, I did my first summer. It was mm -hmm. a really bad mistake. I was just, I'm like, what's going on? Why am I not closing deals? Because I wasn't the one doing it. Mm -hmm. And so I have this a little bit of control. I wish I was more like Carlos and Sal. And I wish I was more like Alex Sines. Like those guys are Michael Jordan, Scotty Pippen, and Vladi Divac, in mm. my opinion. Like, they're all stars on the freaking Chicago Bulls at their finest. They're mm. amazing guys. I'm not there yet. Mm -hmm. I'm wanting to close all my appointments because I, one, I truly enjoy talking to the greeter yeah. and having a little bit more control. Plus, I just got done running a big company that I'm just, I'm, I'm over it, right? You're over payroll. Yeah, I'm over payroll. And now I'm looking at it and saying, how do I keep simple? Mm -hmm. How do I make a million dollars a year without having 10 employees. How do right. I do that? And yeah. that's why picking all these pieces off. And well, I think that's the evolution of business, right? Like uh -huh. there's always, how can I do it better? How can I do it better? And you've already gone through this other headache that was no fun. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it was good in, in the sense that I got all this, all these relationships. Mm -hmm. I mean, I could go through all these names and thank all 100 people along the way. Amazing, amazing people. That's what I got out of construction, yeah. meeting the right people and getting another opportunity to get into real estate. That's essentially what I got out of it. But. So uh, one of my questions I always like to ask is about failure. Yeah. Right. And so you recently shut down. Mm -hmm. So talk about that. What, uh, what, pr what prompted that and what lessons have you learned 
Man, I have failed multiple times, mm -hmm. right? Um, but if you follow my Instagram, which you and I are buddies, so you follow me, you know I'm- And you guys need to follow him because he's talking about how he's buying houses with human feces in it. It's oh my gosh. Great dude, for storytelling. I made $78,000 on that deal. That was amazing. That was the best human crap you ever- That was the, yeah, dude, <laughs> unbelievable. All right, so anyway. Um, so yeah, follow me, but on, on my Instagram, um, construction. So on the construction side, um, we had a great business. And in 2015, working with Open Door, they were probably 60% of my clientele, which is another lesson, right? Big, big lesson, don't ever have a client over 30% of your business. They were 60% of my business. So when they basically said, hey, we're changing our, our model, I'm laying in bed like, oh my gosh, what, how am I gonna, because the 125 to 150 people, depending on the month that I had working for us, didn't represent 125 people. It represented the five other people they supported. Three kids, four kids, mm -hmm. a wife, whatever. So when my paycheck stops, oh my gosh, these people got to spend three months looking for work. I wasn't going to have that. So yes, we started building clientele. And what we found, the toughest part about being a contractor is that I have to be licensed, bonded, insured. I have to have overhead and all these people handling, handling all this stuff. If you want to do a project with me, you can vet and make sure that if I just walk off your project, you have a bond protecting you from losing money, mm -hmm. right? What insurance do I have that you as a client, you were amazing by the way, probably top three clients, Elman's top three as well. Top three clients, hands down. But how can I make sure that you as the client have the money to pay me? Can I ask you for a proof of funds? No. I can, but I'm not getting that job. All right. And so when you transition from, hey, I'm working for a company that's well-funded to I'm working with guys that are buying houses, maybe not that they shouldn't be buying, 100% purchase, no construction funds set aside, and they're asking the contractor to, to, to float the funds, and they think the construction is supposed to be 20 and it ends up being 30 because they're, oh, well, I, yeah, I do want to do new this, and I do new, want to do that, okay? but. You didn't buy the house originally. The, our first walkthrough, dude, you're spending 10 grand more. It's going to take two more weeks. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. I know what I'm doing. Great. Perfect. Boom, boom, boom. We do it. I don't get paid. I got to put a lien on the property. I got to wait for this. Got to wait for that. Meanwhile, I got other clients saying, hey, why aren't you over? I'm like, because this guy changed. Anyway, it got to a point where on average, I, I was a contractor for seven years. On average, I would have a hundred to three hundred thousand dollars a year. People filing bankruptcy or not paying me altogether. Really, insane. In two thousand eighteen, almost nine hundred thousand dollars not paid to me. Crazy. How do you survive? You know how I survived? Wholesale. I had money stocked away for the the money that I made from Open Door, but I also was making money through wholesale. When mm -hmm. so, so when a client didn't pay me, I'd say, well. I got a $40,000 assignment fee on this deal. I'm going to pay my payroll with it. Mm -hmm. I literally, that's how I, I survived my last year and a half in business is doing real estate to, to basically handle that. And in January of 2008, I go, how, how can I keep doing this? This right. is crazy. Are you and, robbing Peter to pay Paul? Yeah, I'm re robbing myself to pay people that aren't paying their bills. I got liens on properties all over the place. And as a contractor, your liens only last six months. Oh, really? Yeah. So let me ask you this. Have you ever done business as a real estate agent? I know the answer is yes, but yeah. this is how we close people, right? Mm -hmm. I'm asking you a guided question. Have you ever done a listing or bought a house and helped somebody 
and you felt like you hit all the marks, but there was this one little teeny thing that they were upset about. And next thing you know, they're either making a bad review or complaining to you about somebody else or to somebody else about you. Mm -hmm. Of course. But as a real estate agent, did you get paid? Yes. As a contractor, you don't. Somebody complains about you. Oh, they were two weeks late. Oh, let's take into consideration that you used your own cabinet guy that was three weeks late. We were still only two weeks late on the whole project, but you don't feel like you should pay me the last 4,500 bucks. Okay, whatever. Part of doing business, move on to the next one. Mm -hmm. The next guy does the same thing. Next guy does the same thing. Man. It racks up. So as a real estate agent, as a wholesaler, as a loan processor or loan officer, you get paid. Mm -hmm. In fact, we had an, this happened uh, yesterday. Um, Heather Quinn, who's my title gal, she has been for a couple of years. She calls my wife. She goes, hey, we've got this check over here. It's been sitting for like three months. We've been calling and like, you really need to come pick up this check. It's a completely different animal. It's like, come get your money. We want to pay you. Yeah. Title, escrow, everything's protected. I don't have to fight for my money. I don't have to justify it. I don't have to say, I work for that. But as a contractor, there's always people keeping you from getting paid. You know what's crazy? Hmm. How many times I've had to call contractors? Say, I got your money, come get it. Yeah, well, you, that's another thing too, is people call me and go, dude, what's wrong with contractors? Contractors aren't rocket science scientists. They're not surgeons. You're not paying them that, right? They're naturally pretty disorganized. Mm -hmm. And I'd say um, one in three contractors are bad. One in three contractors is okay. And one in three contractors is really good. Yeah. The ones that are really bad are really cheap and they're disorganized. So they say, I'll be there Friday and they show up on Monday. Well, you know, be happy that I showed up. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of that. And I think because people are trying to save money all the time, they gravitate towards those lower end contractors. And there's been projects that I do, I'm on the lower end and I tell people, hey, if you want me to be cheap, I'm not gonna be fast. But anyway, there's a lot of contractors that are doing out of their truck mm -hmm. and you're trying to pay them as little as possible. They're super disorganized. They got to take on more jobs than they probably can handle to make sure that they're paying all their bills. Next thing you know, they're, they don't, they can't handle it. Right. I kind of equate this to um, the discount agents, right? The guys that will sell your, sell your house for 300 bucks, thousand bucks, yep. 2000 bucks, whatever. Hey, I'll throw it on the MLS for 500 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. But what kind of business can they possibly run? Because you definitely can't afford payroll. It's tough. On that, let alone marketing. Yeah. Or good photography. So you got to do it all yourself. Right. And you, you got 15 listings. Are you kidding me? Dude, that's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Yeah. Uh, so Jonathan Castano has a question. He's like, uh, he's a wholesaler. Yeah. And he tells them not to sell the house to him. Yeah. I mean, that's essentially what you're doing. You say, I'm not. You want to explain the rationale why you tell them not to sell to you? Like, go, go, you know, go to, go, go to open door, go to offer bed. Like, yeah. I'm not your guy. I'm not going to buy your house. Go to them. Um, He's I, confused by that. By I think the, com the common sense behind that, like real quick, is that you're letting, you're getting their guard down, mm -hmm. right? Because again, it goes back to those three faces. The face they're going to show you when you first meet them because they don't know who you are. Mm -hmm. That face, you need to overcome that face. They need to take that mask off and show you, hey, I'm the friendly guy. Yeah. So by saying, hey, I'm probably not a buyer for your house, yeah. but I'll give you advice you now have become a trusted advisor and they right. will more, more often close that deal with you than they will with anybody else. Right. And if you, if you get good enough at closing, right? Sandler is one of those really good things that help you get really good at closing. Mm -hmm. If you get to the point where you're good at closing, you get so confident saying those things like, I might as well say, 
you're selling the house to me. I don't care what I say after this. I'm not saying that, mm-hmm. but that's the confidence I have after I say, I'm probably not a buyer for you. All right. Absolutely. So I hope that makes sense, Jonathan. Actually, and you want to hear, here's a story about how I, I got my wife. She's going to be pissed. I tell the story. Hang on a second. We'll just answer two more things. Yeah. All right. So Max Max was online. So what's up, Max? How you doing? Max is amazing. Yeah. We all love what you're doing, uh, especially your 30 day wholesale, um, uh, program. And then Evo. So, uh, Eric want to know who's this Evo guy. Evo is amazing. This is Evo Draginovich. So if you want some mean Eastern European guy to stop at a, you. A brain that is like unbelievable. I, I, I hope to be half as good as Evo someday. Yeah. He's the kind of guy that I'm, he's the only guy in town I think I'm afraid to piss off. Oh, dude, he'll freaking karate chop your head off, bro. Yeah. He's amazing. Okay. So Laura, how did you land so Laura? So Laura reaches out to me, mm-hmm. intake, right? Mm-hmm. She reaches out to me on Facebook. We were friends or friends of friends. I she sees me traveling or something like that. And she sees a picture and she sees that I'm single. So she reaches out to me and she says something like, Hey, how's it going? And I said, Hey, basically it's like a buy appointment. I set up a buy appointment. We went on a date. You've known her before you were a salesperson. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know I was doing this. Okay. I didn't purposely do this, but I also know, cause I have eight sisters. Remember I have 12 kids in my family I have eight sisters. Right. If you go on my Instagram, you'll see them. They're all drop dead gorgeous. And there's always these guys going after them. Mm-hmm. And I just watch these guys like, gosh, you're so stupid. You look so stupid. Like going after my, oh, it's so fu- It's so funny to watch. It's like a drama. Right. So I, t- we take her on this date and she'll tell you next time you see her. Great date. We still go back. It's Kona grill down in, um, Santan village or whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. We still go down there every couple of years, try and sit in the same exact table that we sat really? down in. Yeah, it's great. Uh, she's, she's unbelievable and, um, amazing date, good conversation. Right. And what do I do? Well, first, actually, first off I go to her house and I, I know her dad's into golf. She tells me like in the text the day before, like, yeah, my dad's into golf. So I bring him some golf balls and I go, Hey, here you go, sir. Nice to meet your daughter. Let me take her on a date. She's like 22 at the time and, um, take her on a date, bring her back home two hours later, give her a hug, have a good night. Talk to you soon. She's sitting there like, are you not going to kiss me? What the hell? This was amazing. There was like magic in the air. No, because I'm going to pull back because I want the clothes to be hard. I knew in that day, I said, this girl could be the one mm-hmm. like truly, truly felt that way. So I said, I'm going to pull back cause I want to close hard. And so we close, uh, we've been together ever since. And anybody that knows our relationship, dude, I won the freaking lottery. Yeah. She's amazing. But that's how I, I basically pulled back. I didn't try and do what every guy, every other wholesaler is going in there, convincing, convincing, convincing. If you're telling, you're not selling. Right. Right? Right. I'm the best. I'm this, that. Look, I'm probably not a buyer for you. But I know just about everybody in town. So tell me what you're looking for. I'll direct you the right channel. Or I'll tell you not to buy your, tell, to sell your house. That's it. And they're like, oh, you'll spend the time. Yeah, we're here. I usually, these appointments usually take two hours anyway. If this takes 30 minutes, I actually save time and I can move right. on to my next deal. Or your other job. So or you're a semi-professional golfer. Oh no. According to your Instagram. Well, you know, I win some little scramble tournaments here and there. Yeah. Chenny wants to know how your golf game is. Oh my gosh. Chenny just, Chenny just took eight bucks from me yesterday. And I, I thought I was so hardcore. I go double or nothing on the last hole. And he freaking beat me by two <laughs> strokes on the last hole. So, um, 
So we talked about, you know, you're being the closer. Mm-hmm. Are you looking at closing in other markets? No, I'm not. No. I, I mean, I thought about it for a while. I thought, you know, there's so many opportunities out there. It's the shiny object syndrome, mm-hmm. right? But then I realized there's 500 wholesale transactions going on on a monthly basis. I'm only doing, you know, I'm, I'm participating in probably between 10 and 15 of those on a monthly basis. Why don't I just try and get another two or three? Okay. So then let's say, what would it charge? Just throwing this out there. Mm-hmm. If you were the close for Max and me, what would that be? Um, $5, $100? Honestly, this is what I do. This is what I tell guys. I go either A, pay me a percentage, whatever you're paying your current sales guy, I'll do it. For, I'll do it. And I'll mm-hmm. show you I'm better than your current sales guy. Sorry to be somewhat cocky. Okay. I wasn't like this six months ago. <laughs> I, just something dawned on me, right? Yeah. Either A, pay me what you're paying your other sales guy, and I'll just do better. I'll bring mm-hmm. more value or I'll train them, right? Mm-hmm. There's been other guys that have called me and said, can you just train my sales guy? I know like long-term it's not going to work out with us. I need to have my own internal guy. Yeah, no problem. Or let me close the deal and give me 24 hours to sell it. Mm-hmm. Tell me a number you're looking for and I'll give me 24 hours to sell it. And that's my compensation. Hmm. That's it. That's it. Simple enough. Uh, so what are you spending right now on marketing? Um, I spend between fourteen and sixteen thousand dollars. It's oddly specific. I know. You, we talked about this before. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, you know, it depends. I mean, in December, I spend less money because I realize that I still get somewhat close to the same amount of leads because there's carryover from like October, November, mm-hmm. and so I slow down my spend in December so I can like my stupid little goal in life a couple of years ago was how do I get to December fifteenth? and shut off until January 15th. I want, that's my goal. I want to take a month off. And so, so I just got you right out of vacation. Yeah, literally. Like I was just, t- Eric Nix, one of my good buddies, mm-hmm. the guy who helped me out with open door and unbelievable guy. I owe a lot to him. I was just on the phone with him right before and he goes, dude, you're finally back. I go, yeah, I take them. Basically I take a month off. That's incredible. Yeah. I should probably try to do something like that. I mean, I'm still closing deals over the phone and we're still doing, I'll go on a, appointments and whatever, but I'm not actively networking. I'm not going to events. I'm, I'm just like taking that month off. Yeah. Right. Uh, so between 14 and 16 on marketing, what are you spending on a total monthly overhead now? Um, so my goal, um, this is obviously every home investor, everybody across the nation's different than me. I have my own little thing. And there's a lot of home investors that will call me and say, Hey, like I heard you're running your business this way. It's really interesting. It's a little bit outside of the norm. Can you educate me on what you're doing? Cause I might want to change something up. Mm-hmm. So this is not indicative of other people. This is just me. My thing is I consider my salary, my wife's salary, because we, I pay all the bills and she has her own money that she earns from the job. And I don't, I, I want to have nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. She earned it. She goes spends it on whatever she wants. Then I have Anna and then I have, um, you know, office expenses and marketing and all that kind of stuff. So my goal every single month is to break even after paying myself, like, I thought about this this morning, actually I was listening to something. If I'm taking a salary, that's not me making money. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. That's just my brain. Somebody else might say, no, well, yeah, that's, I, that's the right business mindset. I'm people, breaking even on forget yeah. to account that if you weren't doing it, someone else would have to do it. Exactly. So I'm paying myself, that's a salary and that's part of my overhead. And if I, let's say my overhead's $40,000 a month. Okay. Advertising, my salary, Laura, Anna, you know, travel costs, fuel, taking people to lunch, all that stuff. Okay. Mm-hmm everything. So if I make $41,000 in revenue, I made $1,000. Right. That's it. 
that's it. So for me, I have a goal every single month in my office that we're six figures. Mm -hmm. That's what we want to be at. We want to be at a hundred, like my first month at six figures was middle of last year and I hit $108,000 and I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And so that that's our, our goal is over six figures every single month. Mm. Our overhead is around $40,000. Okay. Um, a big part of that too, that people don't realize is they have to sp like sit down and say, what is my minimum that I need to take home? Right. A lot of people would never sit down with their wife and say, what's our budget? What are, what do we need? You know, plus some buffer for some fun things and whatever else, what do we need? And then everything else is investment or whatever. So mm -hmm. Laura and I have this spillover thing where it's like, I earn this much money. The next $5,000 I earn goes into paying for, you know, going into other investments. And then the next $5,000 we is more discretionary. Do we want to put that into an investment or do we want to go on another vacation or do we want to blah, 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 blah. Right. Yeah. Maybe another kid's sports team or whatever else. Um, sponsor stunning homes event or disruptors event. Maybe. Dude, happy to do it. Um, so Israel wants to know, uh, I, you kind of answered it, but you know, uh, he's another wholesaler in town. Mm -hmm. And if you were to train him, how would that work? Israel, the, um, Ramirez. Yep. Good guy. Yeah. Um, if I was going to train him, um, I would basically say, tell me when you have an appointment mm -hmm. and either a call me. I helped somebody close a deal a couple of weeks ago. They call me and they go, Hey, I have this issue. I have solar panels. I have this, I have this, I have this. I have no idea what to do. I go, cool. So I walk through a 15 minute breakdown. I get to know the client through them. I couldn't be there. Cause again, I took basically a month off mm -hmm. and they went back and they're like, Oh my gosh, everything you said worked. I got the deal. And, um, I said, no problem. Either pay me X or let me have 24 hours to sell it. Mm -hmm. That was it. So same thing with him. If yep. he has a deal, he either wants me to talk to him about and structure it and, um, or even maybe, you know, visit with him about the whole deal. I'll either help him close it or I'll whatever. I, I, I he doesn't have to pay me coaching. I'm not a coach. Yeah. Just when you have an appointment, call me and give people my phone number. I don't care. Yeah. Um, I, I imagine there's like 50,000 people that watch for Max Maxwell mm -hmm. and there's like Somewhere seven there. people that have watched for me. So I'd probably only get like one text. Oh, we got 56 people right now. Oh, that's pretty Live. good. What is your why? Dude, I like the, the, I'm an emotional creature. So mm -hmm. I got to try to like not to cry, mm -hmm. but like this morning, oh my gosh, like I'm almost going to cry. I was with my wife this morning, three o'clock in the morning. And I just said, dude, I won. I won every, I've won everything. Mm -hmm. No matter what happens in business, no matter what happens with the economy or anything, I have you, I have my daughter and I have my little boy. Mm -hmm. I won. That is my why, dude. Like I, I, I operate maybe from more of a place of fear. I'm fearful. My biggest thing I'm afraid of, and this is part of my why, is that I won't present enough opportunities for my little boy or my little girl to learn what it took me to 31, 32, 33 years old. I want them to learn it at 21. That's my why. Mm -hmm. I want to be in a position where I go, okay, I'm not going to spoon feed my kids because my dad busted my ass. You want to go on a date with a girl when you're 16? Paint the house. You want to buy a car? Go bag groceries at Smith's. Like that's the life I lived. Still, great life, mm -hmm. but I never was just given stuff. So I want, my why is build something and have something where I can present to my child. 
hey, Asher, my little boy, a lot of people know, like Jamil, we just hung out. A lot of these guys know my little boy, Asher. Asher, you're 16 years old. And you can either A, go get a job because you are going to work. You can go get a job doing X, Y, and Z. I don't care. Mm -hmm. Or B, you can work as a handyman on some of our rental properties. And I'll teach you how to law. That's my why. I want to be able to show him this is how you make money long term. If you want to take it and run with it, here's an opportunity, but I'm not going to do the work for you. Yeah. That's my, that's my big overall, you know, overall why. That's incredible. Uh, Brandon Blair Vega wants to know disposition side of your business. What is the disposition side of your business? So disposition side of my business, um, again, I've, I've shouted his names, his, his name multiple times. Jamil was one of the first people I called when I, you know, got into the business and he, Man, it was funny. We tried to go to the Henry here in like Arcadia area mm-hmm. and it was too booked. It was just too busy. And we go and we go across the street and we're sitting at this half-assed little like janky table that has a broken leg. And it was so fitting, right? It was just like two bros looking at each other. And I said, dude, help me. I feel like I just got this golden opportunity. I have no idea what to do. When you first purchased First, two years ago when I first got into it. It was January of 2006 or 2017. And Jamil says, dude, anything you need. So for a long time, I'd say him, um, I sold a lot of stuff through John May. Um, him, uh, Jamil and Thomas, are, are we, we do a lot through them. I'd say 40, 50% of my stuff goes through Keegley. 25% is my own pocket buyers. And then I have guys like Chris Iman and Spencer mm-hmm. Caldwell and a handful of other guys Yeah, that I'll reach out to. Um, like the house I got today, I've already assigned, I've, I got it this morning. I do, there was the next door neighbor of the house that I was going to help somebody with. Mm-hmm. I'm buying the house. I've already assigned it to my own pocket buyer before I even got here. Yeah. Right. So um, I have a lot of pocket buyers, um, but it's probably it, my goal it, with disposition. I'm not a disposition house. And I know that's not how it works in the rest of the country. Phoenix is one of these places where you've got disposition companies like mm-hmm. Keegley. Right. Amazing company, by the way. You love all, everybody loves those guys. I want to be able to have a little bit more control, right, with my own pocket buyers. Not so much because I think I can get more money. Those guys do a great job for me. But because sometimes I think my goal is to, like, get a house and not have to have the buyer go through the house. Mm -hmm. That's like my, that's one of my big goals this year is how do I get buy houses and the people I sell to don't have to go through the house. Is it that I got to like do a 3d rendering of the house and 500 pictures and a, you know, whatever, like, what is it? Mm -hmm. But you know, Keegley does a good job with that. But from time to time, I just want to tell people, no, you can't see the house. Right. It's a three bed, two bath house in Gilbert. I have 8,500 pictures online why do you need to sit the house? That's been a pain for you for a while. I've heard you say like three or four times. Yeah, I think I fixed it. Um, there's a, the guys from MXP Real Estate. I don't know if you know those boys, Max and uh, Patrick. Do you know those guys? Mm-mm. They have this really cool 3D camera that does like a 3D tour of the house mm-hmm. and it's really easy. And so I've gone that way and the last handful of houses I've assigned to my buyers mm-hmm. are like, dude, that 3D tour is amazing. I don't need to go see the house. So I think I'm solving that, mm-hmm. but that was a big pain for me last year. Okay. Uh, Max wants to know, is there a specific place in the house that you're having these conversations with the homeowners? Yeah. So here's, here's a really good nugget that I didn't realize I was doing. Um, I think a lot of these guys know, like the tough thing is when you pay money for a lead, 
and that lead, let's say, costs 500 bucks. A good lead, right? Because we can go get PPC leads or we can go do cold call leads. And I, mm-hmm. I, I don't know, you guys paid $25 a lead or whatever. But you get a good lead and you break it down. A lot of these leads cost 500 bucks, like a really good lead, right? Mm-hmm. And you're sitting there thinking, this is an expensive lead. I want to, I have to close it. I have to close it. I have to close it. That's your thought process when you go to the house. But we all know when we go into the, some of these appointments, some people just aren't ready. So what do I do? This answers Max's um, answer kind of in a roundabout way. First thing I do is I never leave the foyer unless I know I'm going to buy the house. Weird. I know. But I don't leave the foyer. Mm-hmm. Right? So I, I bought a house from a lady named Tanya. I get the lead in May of 2008 or 2018. I go into her foyer and I go, you know, after a few questions and observations, I go, it doesn't sound like you're ready. Why are we here? Well, I'm kicking tires. Okay, well, if you're truly kicking tires, I'm probably not your buyer, right? And through a series of my little things that I do, she goes, yeah, you know what? You're right. Can you just give me a number? I go, honestly, by the time you're ready, the number is going to change. Let's do both of each other a favor. You call me when you're ready. She goes, wow, dude, that's a $500 lead I was willing to leave. Mm -hmm. Why did I only go into the foyer? Because I want to have a reason to go back out to the house and say, okay, now can I go look at the house? Instead of, hey, Pace, it's Tanya. Can you just give me a number over the phone? I think I'm ready. Actually, Tanya, Tanya, if you remember, I never went past the foyer because you weren't ready. Can I come out to the house and just walk through the house so I can give you a solid number you can depend on? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So right. I go out to the house. Closer, closer typically, like um, we closed a deal the other day, Blake, you know, Blake Williams. Mm-hmm. Blake and I were literally leaning over a hot tub. They're on one side, we're on the other side, and we're over the back of a hot tub in the backyard getting a deal done. Yeah, It doesn't matter typically, and I know Max knows that because he's a freaking guru. Mm-hmm. He's a guru, right? He's doing deals. Yep. Um, but typically it's foyer. I kind of do a quick 30 second check. Are, are these guys going to sell in the next 120 days? If they are, and you, you're pretty sure, 90% sure. I'm now moving into their living room mm-hmm. and I close in the living room. I Seriously, like, don't even go look at the house. Because, again, what is the thing? It's not about the house. Right. It's about their situation and how can you solve whatever they're in. So I talk to them about that. Dude, and I don't even give you a chance to talk. But <laughs> when I'm in a buy appointment, it is yeah. the opposite. Right. It's hard to it's hard to kind of picture it. I can't picture it at all. Here's, here's, here's a quick example. So the difference is um, when somebody says, oh, my gosh, Somebody, let's say somebody's into golf. Okay. This happens all the time. Actually, I sold, um, I did this, I sold this house through Keegley. It's a house on Hazleton just a couple months ago. I go and I meet with a guy. He goes, I already have all these offers and I basically want this number or else don't even waste your time. I'm like, I'm not going to pay that number, but I'm going to go to that lead because I want face-to-face contact. Mm. I'm wearing, at the time I was wearing a Scotty Cameron pullover. He recognized the logo and he goes, oh, you're into golf? Dude, I can't tell you how many freaking people I talked about golf. And I go, yeah, golf, golf, golf. I'm into it, but I'm not that good. Are you into golf? Get him talking. He goes, oh, yeah, I've always had a lifelong dream of playing Pebble Beach. Dude, I got married in Pebble Beach. I paid for my friends to play golf with me two days in a row at Pebble Beach. I go, dude, me too. Oh, my gosh, how cool would that be to play Pebble Beach? What are you doing to get to that point? And I get them talking. I'm not telling them about me. Mm-hmm. I'm asking them and I'm being interested, not interesting. Right. And so, uh, I mean, that's a big part of it too. 
Uh, Daniel Ramsey wants to know, what are you doing to continuously improve your closing skills? Daniel Ramsey, he's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Daniel Ramsey's a young kid. Um, what am I doing to improve my skills? You know what this like mercenary thing where people call me and say, hey, will you come to my appointments with me? It started by me saying, I need more repetitions. I know, like if you look at Tiger Woods, you look at all these guys, it's all about, I'm going out and hitting 100 golf balls a day every single day, right? I'm doing, I'm putting in the work. So I said, I need more repetition. I need to be in front of more people. I need to hone my craft. It's the 10,000 hour rule, mm -hmm. right? And um, that's what I'm doing. I just call, actually I sent an email to all the home investors on Saturday. And I said, anybody have an appointment this week? I'd like, I'd like to go. I've got to fly out to Dallas on Thursday afternoon, but anything before Thursday afternoon, let me know. And a lot of them didn't get back to me, so I bothered them again on Monday. Hey, anybody have any buy appointments I can go to? Either A, I'm sitting there, which typically doesn't happen, because again, with in T minus three minutes, it's like pace rah, mm -hmm. starts talking. Yeah. Right? And a lot of these guys, when they're in the appointment, they're like, dude, thank you so much. Thank you so much. I love it, dude. It's yeah. so fun. Yellow guy wants to talk to the Walmart greeter <laughs> all day long. Um, Chenny wants to know when you're taking him to Pebble. And I think on that note, when are you taking me? Dude, let's go. To Pebble. I'd love to go to Pebble. Um, Chenoweth is a funny guy. Um, he's a great closer. You know him, obviously. Oh, yeah. He's another home investor. Um, he's a guy that I look up to in a, a lot of ways. And um, he's, he's an amazing closer. Actually, I think his close ratio is better than mine. Mm -hmm. So you talk about me being a king, the king of closing. Him and Jason Ellingson are above me. Anyway, so there, he's an amazing guy. Um, I would love to take him to Pebble, but him and I got to do more deals together. There you go. There's your answer, Chenny. Um, what is your superpower? Um, my, I, I think my biggest superpower is I can charge my battery faster than most people. I can survive on four hours of sleep. I can, and dude, I love it. I, I, getting up super early, work, 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 work. Like I'm done with my day by the time six o'clock is around, then I'm going to the gym and saying, all right, I'm waiting for everybody to reply to me. Right. So yeah. that, I think that's probably my biggest superpower is that I can overcome the being nauseous. Mm -hmm. Like you don't get enough sleep. You're nauseous. I can overcome that pretty easily. Um, and what is your superpower or what is your uh, biggest struggle right now? Um, I would say my biggest struggle is, um, I, I, I think I buy pretty deep, but, um, you know, Laura and I have our yearly meeting and kind of go through our business. Um, Laura's funny because she is a wife that says, no, it's your business. I'm here to support you. And I go, no, you're my wife. You, you're my partner. Mm -hmm. Right. So we have our meeting and um, our big thing that we talked about. We were in Napa when we had the meeting. Um, by the way, it's a trip I won from Keegley. We won their golf tournament. I got the Napa trip as part of the golf tournament we won. So thank you, Keegley. Um, so my wife and I are on that uh, deal and the conversation just kept going. We need to buy deeper. We need to buy deeper. We need to buy deeper. That's the thing I'm trying to overcome. Hmm. Sounds like I need to coach you. Um, yeah, dude, please. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, any favorite books? Brian Blair Vega wants to know. Yes, actually, I have three favorite books. I wrote those down. I actually brought notes because I, sure. you know, as if I need, I, I know the books, but I'm glad I wrote them down. Um, this is kind of an off the wall book, but it's my favorite book of all time. It's called um, My Side of the Mountain. A lot of people haven't heard of it, but it's basically the story of a kid that 
lives in New York and just says, I'm going to go live out on my own. He's a young kid. And he figures out how to, you know, use a pocket knife to basically become like Chuck Norris in the wilderness. Like MacGyver. Like MacGyver. Yeah. If there's a problem, I'm going to solve it. If there is an issue, I'm going to overcome it. And it's, I've probably read that book 15 times and mm. it's just compelling story about a kid that does all these things. It's fiction. It's not a true story, but for some reason it pulled me in when I was really young and I've read it multiple times. There's a movie as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the other two books, how to win friends and influence people. Huge. I've read that probably three times. And then a newer book, which is interesting because it's very similar to Sandler is, um, the FBI guy. He wrote, never split the difference. Never split the difference. Great book. And have you listened to it or read it? Yeah, that was actually my favorite book of 2017. Like of all the books I read in 17. How much? How many book. parallels does it have with Sandler? Lots of parallels. It's tons. Yeah. It's a little bit different approach, right? Again, it's like common sense stuff packaged in a different way. Yeah. But I really liked it. I don't read books um, because I'm audible all day long. Mm-hmm. So I'm at the gym. I'm running audible. So this is kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. One of my, you know, random thoughts at night before you pass out. Yeah. It's like, man, I would love to get Chris Voss on the show. Oh my gosh, dude. So, Are you um, kidding me? I got to reach out to all the people that know Chris Voss to get him on the show. Dude, speaking of people to have on the show, like I, I sit there and think about all these amazing guys like that have nobody even knows, but these guys are going out and ki- like Spencer Caldwell. Mm-hmm. You got to have that guy on the show. Yeah. He's unbelievable. Like there's so many amazing guys in this town that I've sat down and I'm just like so happy to get their time. Actually, mm-hmm. one of the things I'm working on this this year is Jim Mill gives his time freely. So this is, I don't really have to do this with Jim Mill, but I tell guys, other guys, I say, if I do a deal with you, I get an hour of your time. That's part of, make your money. But on top of you making your money, you owe me an hour of your time. Mm -hmm. I don't care if it's going and playing golf. I'll rack up four hours or four deals with you. I'll rack up four hours, we'll go play golf. But you owe me that. Mm -hmm. And so I'm trying to, I'm, I'm never going to guys and saying, I expect anything for free. I want to bring value first and say, this is what I'm looking for. Tell me about your business. Yeah. I might not use it because their business not might not be what I want. Right. But I want to understand and learn because gosh, damn it. I'm 10 years late to the game. You yeah. get, look at guys like Jalen White and Alex Sines. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I don't wish I knew what I know now at their age. I wish I know what they know now at my age. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Incredible wisdom. Crazy. So yeah. um, that that's that's what I'm trying to do. I, again, that comes with like what I'm trying to overcome. Books I'm reading, like bring value to people first, and then you'll get it in return. You know what's nuts is that uh, one of the great things about being able to do the show is like I can actually like reach out to Jalen now. Like, hey, what's going on? With this like I'm running to this. What do you think about this? It's an incredible. Dude, incredible you've, be- you've become, and I, my wife knows this. I actually I, th- I drive around all day. Some t- people see it on my Instagram. Yeah. I have an iPad that's magnetized to my truck dashboard mm-hmm. that I play YouTube videos on all day long. Best money I ever spent in my life as a bi- in business was YouTube premium. Like get rid of the commercials, be able to play it when my iPad is turned off, like the screen's off, but I can still listen. Mm-hmm. Dude, I've gotten so much value. I'm not doing this just because you're here. I tell everybody this. I always tell people, watch a show, watch a show, watch a show. You, if somebody comes to me and says, hey, how do I get into real estate? How do I become a millionaire in real estate? Dude, watch Steve Trang's podcast. It's unbelievable. And then go find those guys. Like Eric Sage, text me back. Next thing I know, I'm at Starbucks with the dude and he's teaching me about seller carrybacks and all these things. And I'm like- Incredible wealth of knowledge. Wow. Yeah. Right? Dude, 
one thing I want to touch on before. I don't know how much time we have. I'm really sorry. I'm like gone really long. Oh, no, we're all good. An hour and a half probably. Close. Dude, I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's all right. One of the things you, you're, you're, the, everybody needs to know is that when you're going in to an appointment, you're not always going to get the deal as a cash buy, mm-hmm. right? So what are, you have to have other options. You have to have other arsenals. Eric Sage is one of those guys where I go, that dude has some skills. He has something I need, mm-hmm. right? Seller carrybacks, wrap mortgages, yada, 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 right? So when I go into a house and I know I can't buy that house, they're not ready. They need money because of a specific situation. Um, and I never ask people to bring money to the table. I know there's a lot of wholesalers like, oh yeah, I've had guys be, bring $80,000. I've never had that lead mm-hmm. where somebody brings $80,000 to close escrow that I feel comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Dude, I ask people, what are you looking for to walk away with? Like you have some credit card, you need some cash, you need whatever. I'm trying to solve their problem within the bounds of us, obviously us making money. Yeah. But with, um, a situation where I can't buy it and they don't want to go through a real estate agent. Cause I have a couple of real estate agents. I refer out, I have mortgage bankers. I refer business out to, and I say, look, this is good for you. If they say that none of that works for me, what do you do now? How do you get that deal? I know, you know, the answer mm-hmm. big thing that I jump into is I go, look, I can't buy the house, but I know people that can, I can't pay your one fifty. My, like I said, my number is one seventeen and 32 cents. I can't come up any higher. That's my final number. And that, that's a, another thing. I never come up higher. If somebody says, can you come up to 120? I'm sorry. I gave you my best number. Sorry. I right. really, truly did. If I can't buy that house, now I'm trying to get them into a 10-day con- option. Mm-hmm. I know everybody in town knows that. But anybody that's listening that doesn't know that, look it up or text me or DM me on Instagram. Like, what does that mean? Um, and then I have other options too. Seller carry back. So my big thing this year... Um, not just buying deeper, but also taking the same amount of leads I'm buying, the same amount of appointments I'm going to and saying, how can I help more people with more tools? Mm -hmm. That's a huge thing for me. How do I add one more deal or two more deals per month by going to those people I couldn't buy their house and giving them different options? Right. So for anybody that's out there, that's like, man, I'm not getting the best out of my leads. Hit me up. Let's go to lunch. I'll give you my five ways. I like, you know, five things I give people when I don't buy the house. Awesome. Um, so you mentioned your phone number earlier. What is your phone number? Uh, it's 480-239-1066. Cool. And Text again, me, whatever. Instagram, funny stories, and you get to see his life as a professional golfer. Um, so again, I think this is a good place to end the show. Uh, guys, don't forget, I'm also a buyer. So if you guys have deals or you guys want to figure out how to structure a deal, definitely don't hesitate to reach out to me. Um, and then that's it. So, Next week, we had somebody. Don't know if he's coming out, so we got to play that by ear. But we do have Ryan Harper and Daniel Chad Moore coming out on on February 6th, February 7th. Uh, So uh, stay tuned for that. I think we've locked up a venue. We're not sure, so stay tuned. We'll let you guys know. And this is another reminder. A rising tide lifts all boats. So if you are getting value today, please, please share this episode. Thank you guys for for watching, and thank you. This was incredible. Appreciate it.